Hello, and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm one of your hosts, Jordana Osman, here with my friend and Chavruta Ann Gordon. Our daf today, Masafat Yuma, Daf Lamed Gimel, page 33. Well, as much as we sort of pointed out yesterday that the Gemara was stuck on the discussion of the uh, five to be load and 10 Kiddushin, uh, today we actually moved off of it. <laughs> so I guess we got our wish, Ann. Um, and, uh, but here they get into a rather detailed discussion. And again, Maybe one of the things I'm noticing about this Masachet is the detail that goes into uh, all of the Avodah and the Beit HaMikdash. And they're going into sort of the detail of what was the regular sort of um, uh, the daily the daily Avodah. What was that basically like? Not necessarily about Yom Kippur, but what exactly happened. And this starts with initially a statement by Abai, right? Amar Mar, Mar Right, the the large pyre, the arranging on top of it, uh, took place before the the second pyre, the secondary pyre for the incense. And so, basically, what they're doing here in the staff is is they're going through sort of each step of the daily avoda, and then quoting a biblical source or a brisa that has the biblical source to sort of tease out how do we know exactly and. This stuff is interesting because when you sort of sit in shul and read Sefer Vayikra, you learn Sefer Vayikra, it's not so apparent. Like, how do you get from the psukim to sort of like, how is it actually done? Like, it doesn't, those psukim don't really read as a straightforward instruction manual, right? Like, first you're going to walk in, you're going to do this. Then the coin does this. Then the coin does that. But that's basically what the Gemara is trying to do here, is sort of taking those psukim, um, but it's doing it a little bit in a backwards way. It knows what the order is. And then it's going back and saying, okay, I know what the order is. That's the Masora I have. How do I put the Psukim into it to make it fit what that order is? At least that's how I read it. Um, so I'm just going to go through one part uh, here because it also introduces another halakhic principle. But that to me is sort of the overall view of what's happening on this stuff. Um, and so when it gets to one of the steps of the sequences of, of all the parts of the daily avoda, it says the following. This is sort of at the bottom of Amad Aleph. So the separating, right, of the uh, the Trumata Deshen, right, that we talked a lot about, the separating of the ash from this inner altar, from the inner Mizbeach, comes before the cleaning of the five Neirot of the Menorah, right? And the next staff will get into a big discussion about this, but we talked about earlier that even though we know there are seven lamps, you did five, right? Then the Ketoret and then two. Um, and that, that was the order of how it was done. So my timeout, what is the reason? And so the Gemara is going to give two answers here. Ama Abaye. Abaye says, Gemara Gemarina. So this is an interesting answer, right? Abaye just says, this is basically just a tradition that I have. But I don't actually know what the reasoning is for it. Now, it's kind of interesting because we're going to get a, Rava's going to give us another reason, Reish Lakish. So there one, a lot of the Mepharshim asked, well, didn't Abai know Reish Lakish's, um, uh, you know, opinion? And why didn't he just use that? But I think what Abai is trying to say here is, and again, this is part of what the challenge is, and you really see this in the staff, is they know what the order is, but they may not totally know or have the Mesoer for how was this actually learned from the Psukim itself? And I think that's what Abai is saying is, is that here he has a little bit of a hole. He knows what the Mesorah is. 
He know how it's he knows how it's done, but he can't completely justify how it's done, um, either based on reasoning or on the psukim. And I think this case is a little differently because even Rach Luckish, which is the second opinion presented, is not based on psukim. It's based on a principle. And so I think that's also what Abai is saying. He has no pasuk here to prove this. Um, the Rabbah Amar and Rabbah comes in. Now he gets the second opinion here. Kareish Lakish. The reason is actually according with Reish Lakish. The Amar Reish Lakish ain ma'avirin al hamitzvot. We don't pass over the opportunity to do mitzvot. So this is a principle that's actually found in a brisa in the Mechilta, right? Where the pasuk talks about in talking in Shmot in chapter twelve, verse seventeen, Ushmartem et hamatzot. Right? You have to sort of watch over the matzot to make sure that they don't become um, chametz. So the Mechilta does a nice little plan words here and says, mitzvot, right? That you have to watch the mitzvot. And so this Brisa talks about that when you uh, talk about safeguarding or watching over mitzvot, it means that you need to make sure that you don't pass over not doing them quickly. So again, and Anne, I'm going to let you sort of continue with this um, because it's really just part of one, you know, long Gemara passage here. But this concept of Ein Ma'avir and Alamitzvot, you know, now the Gemara is going to get into how did this actually take place um, in the uh, in the Beit Hamikdash itself. Well, even before that, I just want to say that the this principle is Psakalacha, right? Meaning you establish it in connection with the Matzot, right? That's the plan words of Matzot and the Mitzvot. And it comes from the Mechilta, but then Rambam paskins this way in Hilchot's Filinu Mezuzah, the Sefer Torah, which we'll get to in a moment in the Gemara. But the point is that it's not just like a. Meaning, if you have the opportunity to do a mitzvah, and nothing is contradicting it, right? Meaning, you can't always do everything that you have an opportunity to do, um, but then you must do it. The idea, at least according to the Rambam, right? That you. You, it, you don't have the option of stepping away from a mitzvah if it comes your way and you have no, no contradictions. Um, so basically, I just want to comment, the beginning of Amvet talks about the layout of the Beit HaMikdash, which tells us like how it is that he comes to which mitzvah when, right? That's the idea that he first encounters the Mizbeach, right? And it says here, when he goes into, when he enters the Hechal, the, the sanctuary, he hits, he, he hits, he encounters, he bumps into the altar first. Titania, Shulchan Bitzafon, Mashuch Minakotel, Shte Amotumachza, Umro Rabdorom. So hold on a second. Let's lay, you have to like now imagine, picture we're back in Erevin, imagine the layout here of the Beit Mikdash. You've got your rectangle, right? Listen, maybe you've got a Gemara that has a nice picture. But if you don't, right, you have a, the rectangle where you have the Shulchan. And the shulchan is the table, right? That's in the north, and then it's two amot and two and a half amot from the from that wall, okay. And then the menorah itself is all the way in the south, and again, you've got a margin going around the outside of two and a half amot. Um, uh, your the altar is really in the middle. It's standing. So the mizbeach is in the middle, and in the uh, in the middle of the of the whole uh, sanctuary, and then it gets moved a little bit outward, right? So then what happens is when you come in, 
you hit, you encounter the altar first, which is what we just said. I mean, that's what the Gemara just said, right? But then the Gemara has a question. Well, then just put the Mizbech alongside with the Shulchan and put them in over there also. I mean, you're like, why are you bringing the Mizbech out? You don't have to do it that way. You you know, you don't have to set it up this way. You could set it up a different way. And the other set it up a different way, not really. Because it's written, because the menorah is nochach, it's it's opposite. This is from a passage from the verse in Shemot, Exodus chapter 26. And what that means is, that they could see each other. Visible to one another, you can't, you know, shove them, either one of them in the corner, so to speak, that they are really, I can't say from the center because they're not, in the center, right? The one is all the way in the northern part of the Ulam, of the Hechal, in the sanctuary, and the other is all the way in the southern part. But basically, if you're standing at one and you're looking at the other, you can see it. Um, so all of that is just to, the layout is provided in the Gemara to make it clear to us why it is that, like, that he can't forego a mitzvah once he stumbles upon it. He can't say, oh, I'll come back to that later. Like, no. Once you've come to the, do the mitzvah, and then it's then it's the thing at your hand, and that's what you that's what you handle first. I'm a Rebbe. Now the Gemara goes on to explain this, and I mentioned this from the Rambam. The Gemara um, explores this in other contexts as well. I'm a Rebbe. Shmamina midra midresh lakish avurei de raa atotefta asur heichid avid midraa litotefta. What are we talking about? The t- you'll recognize totefta from the word totafot, right? From the tefillin, the boxes of the phylacteries, right? Of the of the tefillin. So he says we know this because when you are come to do to put on to late tefillin, right? You can't um, forego the arm in order to put on the tefillin of the head, right? You first get to the arm, so you put on the arm first, and then you put on the head. Uh, which is that's what the that's what the Gemara here says that you do. That's the order of tefillin. I gotta say, I've never laid tefillin, but um, let's take it for what it says. Look, this is a nice little short stuff, and I think this is a beautiful concept about mitzvot, right? Amavir and alam mitzvot that we certainly can apply to many different examples. Little interesting to me, the Gemara only sort of gives ones for tefillin, and I can't think of one that really pops into my head right afterwards. Um, but this certainly feels like a, a concept. I, I will find some Devar Torah to work this into in the future, God willing. I think tzedakah and beggars is the first, is like the easy example, right? You give to the first one who comes to ask, and and that's what you do, right? You don't say like, oh, I'm sorry, I see someone I look liking, look, I like the looks of better over there, so I'm going to pass you by in favor of that person. All right, that's another good example. Well, that's our DAP discussion for the day. Rank us, review us on all major podcasts. Thank you to Rabbanit Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. Let us know what you thought about the staff and the concept of Ein Ma'avir and Alamitzvot on our Talking Talmud Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go and learn. 